All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the October 2023 uh, retail meeting uh, form. <laughs> future of Mesa, future of retail Mesa meeting. Uh, I have a guest with me today. I'm very excited to have him with us today because we've been trying to get him in here for months. Uh, super glad that we were finally able to coordinate schedules and, and get him in here. Um, Jared Archambald is with the City of Mesa, and he's with uh, Signage Compliance. What, do you, what exactly do you do? I am the Business and Commercial Code Compliance Officer. So basically, I do signs, nuisance, and zoning uh, education for all business and commercial properties throughout the City of Mesa. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a little bit of a lot. There's a lot of mileage in Mesa you got to cover. Okay. Yeah. So um, Jared is here today because he's going to cover some things. I'm going to share the screen here and then get out of the way and let him take over so that he can do his presentation. Uh, pay attention. We are recording this for the cloud so that we'll make this available to members and others online so you can uh, catch up if you miss something. So Jared, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of get the screen shared and we'll get you going. Jared is now going to give his uh, presentation, Mr. Uh, Archambault. Thank you very much. Again, my name is Jared Archambo. I'm the Business and Commercial Co-Compliance Officer for the City of Mesa, and I'm here to talk about signage. Um, we're going to start out kind of, you know, uh, explaining what kind of signage we have, types, and everything like that. So let's get going. Um, so uh, for the agenda today, we're going to talk about permanent signs, uh, the difference between permanent signs and portable signs, signage in the right-of-way, prohibited signage, and then we're going to have any Q&A if, if needed. Um, so our first topic is to talk about permanent signage. We basically have two major types of permanent signs. We have attached and detached signs. Um, if you look at the imagery above, uh, the middle imagery is uh, attached signage. Um, the uh, American Credit Union, that's an attached uh, permanent sign. And then if you look to the uh, right of those, um, you'll see that the Starlight Hotel, Motel and the other one are what we consider detached signs. Then the far uh, left side of the page, you have a window sign, and that's another permanent sign uh, allowance type. Um, and we have different allowances based on the zoning of the property. For instance, there's the downtown zoning, there's limited commercial zoning, general commercial, industrial zoning. So that's what we mean by zoning districts. Um, so we're going to first talk about the two different types. I'm going to, there's some examples here. So the attached signage um, is basically uh, these letters and anchors or letters attached or anchored to standard raceways. So if you look at the attached signage, that singular, that's an example of a, a of an individual letter sign attached to a, a raceway. And then um, below that, you'll see a detached rigid sign, which is the medical office building. That's an example of what our, our, our current design guidelines are for uh, permanent signs. So we do have a specific guidelines that we um, that we focus on to make sure that you know we have you know aesthetics and a variety of of uh, uh, you know signage throughout the city. Um, we do have permit requirements for signage. So all signs greater than six square feet in size require a permit. Um, then all signs that have structural components or electric components, no matter the size, um, require a permit. The reason they require a permit is because um, when you have structural components or electric components, they have to follow building standards, so national building standards. So an inspector would come out and you know make sure that they were installed to our, our building standards. And then another sign, no matter the size, is an electronic message board sign. 
Uh, the reason electronic message board sign requires a permit is because there is a certificate that you have to get with an electronic message board sign that basically saying that you agree to the light levels um, that we have when it comes to uh, anything near a residential area. And um, at night, we, ha we have a, a, a nighttime light level requirement so that you're not blinding people like who are driving, et cetera. So it's, it's for public safety purposes. So um, those are two of the uh, uh, different types of permanent signs that would require a permit. These are signs that you would put on the front of your building uh, or your suite or um, a property owner would put at, you know, out towards the, the street on their property, which would be the detached. Um, the other form of permanent sign allowance that we'd like to discuss is window signs. Window signs do not count against your uh, permanent sign allowance as long as you stay within the uh, allowable amount. So for the downtown core, anything in the downtown business and business two zone properties, um, that's 30%. And we calculate a window as multiple panes or panels that are separated by six inches or less. So if you have a large window that have multiple panes, as long as that pane separation is six inches or less, that would be one window. So that would uh, increase your window sign allowance. Um, so the 30% of that entire window area is what you can uh, cover in signage, which includes imagery and text. Um, in all other zonings, limited commercial, general commercial, industrial, um, you know, just about all the other uh, uh, zoning uh, uh, types are 25%. So you can cover your windows in 25%. They can cover the whole area of the window as long as only 25% is signage. Um, so if you want to put something that crosses the span of your windows, as long as that calculation is 25%, it's completely allowed. Now we're going to move on to portable uh, and temporary signs. Um, I'm going to start out with uh, what's called rigid signs because these are really allowed in most of the zone properties. So a rigid sign is a sign that's made from durable non-plant materials such as wood, sheet metal, plastic, or other lightweight rigid materials. Uh, this would include like a rigid A-frame. Um, I have some examples on the side here. The top one is an A-frame. The second image below that is an attached rigid sign. And then the one below that is a detached rigid sign. Um, these, the detached rigid sign is one of the ones that I like to promote the most um, because it's allowed on many properties and many zonings throughout the city. Um, and with those, you can, in most uh, commercial properties, you can do 12 square feet, which would be three by four, two by six, or one by 12 feet. Uh, so it's pretty large. Um, it doesn't require a permit to have, and it doesn't um, have a time limitation like our fabric signs do. Um, so a detached rigid sign is basically a sign that's affixed to a poster stick that penetrates the ground. And the important thing to remember about that is it cannot be permanently placed. So you can't have a, uh, like a concrete footer um, it can't be concreted in or it would be then considered a permanent sign. Um, but, uh, you know, these are really good options for, for signage if you need something a little bit longer term. Again, they're still temporary portable, um, but they're, you know, great options. The other sign type for portable is fabric signs. Fabric signs are allowed, um, but they're only allowed for 30 calendar days per year. Um, we have what's called a D, uh, uh, Detached banners, those are fabric signs that are attached to a stake or post that, that penetrates the ground. 
Then you have the wall ones that are fixed to a building or wall or fence. You have air activated, which are those whirly, uh, you know, uh, inflatable arm moving uh, activated signs, which I love because it reminds me of that uh, show. Uh, and then you have balloons. Um, balloons are allowed as well, um, but we do have height requirements for those. And they still have size wise still have to fit with the zoning of the property. And if you if anybody has any questions regarding what you can have and what you, you need, then you can just contact me and I can provide that information. I would just need to know uh, your address and some other information about your property. But these are uh, several types of, of uh, fabric signs that we do allow in a lot of the commercial properties. Um, some of these aren't allowed in residential, um, but we're focusing mostly on commercial today. Um, again, these would require a banner use permit to have, and they're only allowed for 30 calendar days. So on the banner use permit, um, you'd have to fill out these 30 dates. Now they don't have to be consecutive, but they do uh, have to be, you know, you have to abide by those dates when you're placing out your sign. Uh, the next area that I'd like to talk about are signs in the right of way. Um, portable signs are, uh, are not permitted in the city right of way. Most any signs are not uh, allowed in the city right of way, but most of the time you'll see portable signs there. Um, we don't allow them because it, it takes away from um, our, our uh, street signs, uh, directional signs, things like that. We don't want to cause confusion. Um, you are allowed to put it in your property line near the right of way, however. Um, the city of, uh, again, the city of Mesa right of way is located between the property line and the street edge. So this example right here kind of shows you where the property line is. It's, property line is the yellow area around the, the um, parking lot area. And then the right of way is the yellow brackets. And so the only way that you would be able to put any signage in the right of way area is, is if you're in a downtown core zone property, a mixed use property or a transect zone property. Those properties do not have um, much space between their building and the property line. So with a proper permit, which you can obtain, um, you can place signage in there if you're within that zoning. So anybody in the downtown core, anybody uh, which is basically, you know, um, First Ave to uh, First Street from Mesa Drive to Country Club is basically the downtown core. Um, and then mixed use is just the type of zoning if you have a mixed use building. So it's like, a, uh, you know, live, work, eat kind of, uh, uh, of development. Um, so it's really important to note that if you do place signage in the right of way, we are allowed to uh, remove them. Um, so I would just recommend if you have any questions about the right of way to, to contact me. Uh, the next one are prohibited signs. I'd like to go over this um, just so you understand, um, you know, what isn't permitted because of, you know, just multiple reasons, but a lot of it's public safety. Um, one that's not permitted, uh, it is an allowable use in, in residential, but we do not permit them in uh, commercial properties. Those are semi-rigid signs. Semi-rigid sign is made from a cardboard, foam core, thin plastic, paper-like, or quasi-rigid material. So it's a less durable material. I always associate them with like those political signs. It's that, you know, plastic kind of foam core kind of thing. Those aren't allowed in commercial properties anywhere in the city. Um, they're only allowed in residential areas. Um, the other ones are discontinued signs. Um, a discontinued sign is basically a sign that has been on a building 
um, where the the occupant hasn't been there for more than 100 and, uh, 180 days. So you have six months to remove a sign um, from a tenant or from your property if, if they uh, you know stop being there or have moved. Um, another one are penance and streamers. I see a lot of these. This is one of the bigger biggest reasons why I stop at a lot of properties. Uh, penance and streamers and whirly gigs are not permitted, um, mostly because in our environment, in the heat and everything like that, they kind of degrade real easily. The wind will take them and throw them out in the street. So it, they're they're just really easy to just just to, you know to uh, fall apart and. Uh, they can be a, a hazard. So we do not allow pennants or streamers. And that is one thing that we do um, like to educate about. Um, portable message center signs. Those are basically uh, a sign that's attached to a trailer that you kind of move around. You kind of see them in, uh, you know, certain commercial um, applications for like when they're doing road closures. Those are kind of a, per, a portable uh, message uh, center sign. However, in private use, they're not permitted. Um, another one is reflective signs. So anything that reflects light is a public safety issue because it can reflect back onto the roadway and can, uh, you know, can potentially um, blind a uh, motor vehicle driver. So reflective signs are not permitted. Another type is called offsite signs. Offsite signs are basically signs that are placed in the right of way area that do that are for um, a service that is not related to that adjacent property. So uh, the best way I can give an example is you see uh, we buy um, homes or uh, you know windshield repair. Um, those individuals will place those signs throughout the city in the right of ways, and um, we basically pick them up and 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 confiscate them because they're not permitted to be in our right of way to begin with. Um, but they are considered offsite signs. So I would recommend not using those because you, you know, eventually they will be picked up. Um, the other ones is animated signs. So with animated signs, we do not allow animation because it can distract again, motor vehicles. So you can have an electronic sign and you can use, you know, imagery and messages, but it has to be static and you have to have a two second uh, transition between each image. That way it doesn't cause, uh, you know, like a strobe effect or like uh, it's not as distractive to a motor vehicle driver. And then the use of strobe lights and similar intermittent light devices. Again, you know, it's all about public safety. It's about people that, you know, can't, um, you know, that may have issues with strobe lights that cause seizures in some individuals. So those are, you know, some of the reasons why we don't allow those. Again, if you have any questions about prohibited signs, and there are some more prohibited signs out there, that, but these are the main ones that we see throughout, throughout the year. So uh, currently right now, I've, I've completed my presentation. Um, obviously, I kind of went through that pretty quickly, but if you have any questions um, whatsoever, my contact information is here. Again, my name is Jared Arshambo. I'm with the city of Mesa. Uh, my email address is right here, jared.arshambo at mesaaz.gov. And then my phone number is 480-644-6410. Um, please reach out to me. Um, my job is to educate and assist. So uh, I, if, if you have any questions, you want to maximize your sign allowance, you want to make sure that your signs are accurate and, and correct to our 
to our ordinance, please, please reach out to me because I would much rather educate people than, in, than have to go out and, you know, send you a notice or something like that and, you know, get you, you know, worried that you're doing something wrong. Again, this is educational and we know a lot of people don't know where to look for all the sign stuff. So my job is to assist. So please use me as a resource. And uh, I mean, if you need to get in touch with anybody else in the city, I can help facilitate that as well. So um, I do appreciate your time. And if you have any questions, again, reach out to me. Hey, I, I have a question. Sure. Jared. So um, you, you will act in, as a consultative role. So you'll come out to the property and, and kind of just give them the guidance in terms of absolutely you know don't put this here you can certainly do this you know that kind of thing yeah so I I, um, I go out and I meet with businesses all the time and I'll sit down and I'll say well these are the things you can do based on the zoning of your property based on um, you know uh, the size because our zoning ordinance is based on the size of the properties for portable signage and then with permanent signage it's based on your on your suite frontage so these are things just people don't know so I, I am always more than willing to come out and meet with you, go over all that information, give you examples, show you examples of what you can do and where you can have your signs as well. So um, this might be a curveball. I'm going to throw it out anyway. Uh, vehicular signage. So people that convert box trucks into signs. Yeah. They put it on the side. Absolutely. Um, where does that fall? In this? So you are allowed to do vehicle signage. Um, vehicle signage is uh, has its own section under uh, portable signs. Um, with a vehicle sign, there are some criteria. So a vehicle sign um, is allowed as long as it is placed on a vehicle that's operable and registered. The second criteria is it has to be legally parked in a in a, in a legal manner. So um, if it's in a dry or if it's in a parking lot, it has to be parked in a parking spot. You can't take up multiple parking spots because you have required parking, um, but you can park it in one of your parking spots. Uh, the other option is if it's uh, it, the other criteria is if um, if it's enacted for more than 48 hours, like you, it's not being moved around, uh, you just have to place it either out of view of the right of way or um, place it as far as you can away from the right of way. So if it's not being in use, but they are allowed, you are able to do that. Um, if you have any questions about vehicle science, I, I like to promote that as well and give that as an option. So please reach out to me. Cool. Um, talk a little bit about like the process, because, you know, a lot of a lot of business owners are mortified that, you know, of course, once something's pointed out to them, it's like the end of the world. Um, talk a little bit about that process and kind of, you know, how that works for you guys. So if you ever get a, a, a letter from me, it's going to be considered, it's going to be called a notice of violation. It sounds worse than it is. It's really a courtesy notice basically saying, hey, we've recognized that there are um, some issues at the property related to signage, nuisance or zoning. Uh, signage would be, you know, what you're permitted to have compared to what you're not. Zoning would be like the use of the property, how you're using it. And then um, nuisance would be, you know, basically things like, um, you know, overgrown grass, weeds, uh, you know, garbage, debris, stuff like that. Um, so I would send a notice out. Uh, it would give you the, the corrective action. So I tell you what you need to do to fix it. And then it will tell you what the ordinance is. Um, and then it would give you a certain amount of time to fix the issue, depending on what it is. So if it's a sign violation, so like if it's a permanent sign, like you need maintenance on your permanent signage, I would give 30 days for you guys to uh, uh, to work on, you know, repainting it or fixing any any issues with that. Um, and, and then 
the next step would be to communicate with me, contact me, because once that deadline comes, if you don't communicate with me and that issue doesn't arise, the next step would be the enforcement part. Um, and we as a city want to be business friendly. So I always recommend to individuals, if you ever get a, a notice from me, it's not a citation unless it says civil citation on it. It's, if it's a letter, it's just a notice of violation and it's just a courtesy to educate you. So please reach out to me. Let's sit down and talk. I can maximize your sign allowance, make sure that you are in compliance. Um, and it's, it seems scarier than it is, but again, our main goal, you know, from city management down is education. And, um, you know, we prefer education than, than anything else. Cool. So, um, you had mentioned that, um, in a lot of cases, it's signs of any size. So, you know, smaller stuff, larger stuff, that kind of stuff. If it's small enough, are they able to bring it to you to review or do you need to review it on site? Um, they can send me imagery. Uh, I don't need to actually be at the site to see it. As long as I get an image of it and then the proper dimensions, then I can determine if, it, if it's allowable or not. Um, so for many zonings, there's, uh, like, I, uh, like I said, a, a maximum size allowance, especially for portable. And um, you can always just send me the dimensions and I can let you know if it fits within the ordinance. Window signage is, is another thing that I like to approve because with window signage, um, you know, it, it, you gotta do the calculations of the, you know, length times width of the building to get the square foot or length times width of the window to get the square footage. And then you gotta figure out the percentage off of that. I can, I can figure that out and let you know if what you have fits within the window signage. And then you'll get an email back from me. So it will say, yes, this, this is allowed. So in the, in the future, if anybody comes to you, then you say, oh, well, I got this saying it's, it's permitted, you know? So we really encourage communication. I can provide documentation, um, you know, and, and, and just, you know, get that education out. So um, I'm trying to think of, of a good question in relation to window signage. So you had mentioned that that the component of window signage that that's allowed the percentage of the window encompasses images and graphics. Correct. So if they're going to put, let's say, um, they want to shade the window so that they don't want sun coming in directly. Are they able to do the entire window and then only utilize that percentage where they put the images and the graphics, but the rest can still be shaded? Is that correct? Okay, how that works? Yes. So as long as the imagery and text is only the 25% or 30, depending on your zoning, then you can do that. Um, I always recommend using tenting because um, part of the part of the reason for uh, the window sign ordinance is public safety. Um, People, you know, we the the ordinance was enacted with uh, consideration towards um, you know uh, convenience stores, stores that sell liquor and stuff like that. They were putting signs covering their entire windows, and when a, a call for service comes in, a police officer cannot uh, evaluate the situation without going into the building. So that was part of the original reason behind it. Um, is for the public safety part. So I always tell people you can tent them. You can do the, uh, the perforation as long as the signage is only 25%. And that includes, like you said, the, 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 you know, the imagery. Okay. Well, that was all the questions I had. <laughs> and again, 
you know, we understand that the sign ordinance uh, is complicated. So again, I am just here to educate and make sure everybody knows what's going on. So please communicate with me. Um, so definitely if you're a new business, like if you know you're like, we've just, yeah. hey, we just signed a lease, we're gonna open up in six months. I mean, that's like the primo time to get a hold of you and say, Absolutely. hey, before we open, can you come through and help us with what we can do? Yeah, because you wanna advertise that you're open. You wanna make sure that you're, you're uh, visible and there are means to do it. You can do uh, fabric signs as long as they're the right size and you get the permit. Um, you can um, do other signage like that rigid detached sign that will also draw business to you because with those rigid detached, if you do metal, if you do a, a three by four metal sign that's attached to a poster stake that penetrates the ground, then you can change out the advertisement, you know, with either a, um, you know, a vinyl sticker or even I tell people, you know, you can print stuff on magnets mm -hmm. nowadays. Um, so you can change them out that way. I, so I provide alternatives. Um, I won't provide you with, you know, where to go because we don't, you know, which sign company to use, but we do provide different alternatives to your sign. So that way you can maximize your allowance, get, get the sign uh, advertisement that you need, but not be in violation with the city and spend money on things that you may not have or may not be able to have like A-frame signs, they're not allowed in every zoning. They're only allowed in the downtown core and mixed use areas, just like the 30%. So if you use an A-frame in a commercial property and you spend the money on that, and I come back and tell you, you can't have it, you know, it's just gonna be frustrating. So I always recommend reach out to me. I will tell you what you're allowed to have. I will provide you with alternatives as well. And it just ensures that you're not spending money on something that may potentially, you know, not be allowed. Mm. And you guys are um, you guys are available uh, Monday through. I'm available Monday through Thursday from uh, basically six a.m. to five p.m. Okay. Um, it you can email me anytime. It goes straight to my my emails, and it, I get it on the weekends and stuff like that. I don't respond on Saturdays and Sundays, um, so just you know, <laughs> I'll get back to you on Monday. Uh, you can call and leave a message that gets to my voicemail as well. Um, I'm pretty accessible and I usually get back to people within the same day, unless it's, you know, a, a Saturday or Sunday. Cool. All right. Um, well, Jared, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to slide back over here real quick. All right. And get you back your coffee. There you go. And I'm kind of... And you're tangled. You're tangled behind me. I'm going to give you some space there Sorry to take care of You're good. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today here on the Future of Retail Mesa meeting for October 2023. Um, thank you to Jared for joining us and being a part of this meeting and sharing some very good information. Uh, we are recording this meeting, so it will be available digitally for you to review uh, after the meeting if for some reason you missed something or you just kind of want to watch it again. Uh, otherwise, look for us to schedule our next meeting uh, for January. And I think, actually, no, I think we do have a meeting in, in uh, November, but I'll get you details on that. You can uh, RSVP for any of the Future of, Mesa, Future of Retail Mesa meetings online at the Mesa Chamber website, mesachamber.org. And uh, you are certainly welcome to reach out to your favorite Chamber staff member as well to get more details on future guests and what's happening. So thank you all for joining us today. I hope you have a great rest of your day and take care.